1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Rangers win at Livingston And Stephen Gerrard says he is expecting interest in Morelos and Tavernier Marianne Schved has his Celtic medical With Lewis Morgan possibly heading to Sunderland And what next for Hibs as they win without Neil Lennon I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight is Alex Ray and Hugh Kevens. I think Marianne Schved will be the last big deal of this transfer window And he won't even kick a ball for Celtic this season Brendan Rodgers, Stephen Gerrard, Stevie Clark and Derek McKinnon Will now go with what they've got And the best squad will ultimately win the title There will be points dropped along the way And by all of them And that's why the tension will continue to rise Beginning with Celtic's game in hand Against St Johnston on Wednesday The first of a double header against them But you know what they say Alec Two Tommy Wrights don't make it wrong Absolutely brilliant weekend Gordon I have to say Rangers and Celtic Comfortable wins Both Edinburgh teams have managed to get uh, good results as well Another poor weekend for St Mirren But I have to say Partick Thistle How important could that be uh, Coming off the bottom of a championship So a lot to discuss With three days to go to the window 0141 951 1025 That's the number you need to get in touch So give us a call Or you can tweet at Clyde SSB uh, Hugh we're obviously going to be talking transfers And, and Neil Lennon and, yep. and some of the other stories um, In terms of on the field Alex sums up Comfortable for Celtic Which you would expect yep. at, at home to Hamilton Comfortable for Rangers Which perhaps not many people would have expected yeah. Given what Livingston Tend to be to do at home This season Once we get this Celtics Johnston game Out of the way Everyone will have played 23 matches There'll be 15 games Left to go I honestly believe That Celtic Rangers Kilmarnock and Aberdeen Will all drop points Between now and the end Of the season It'll be a fascinating Race to the finishing line But Celtic have A, a comfort here With St Johnston at home uh, On Wednesday night And uh, they've beaten Hamilton Ackies and St Mirren at home prior to that So they've had that comfort of coming back off the transfer window And having reasonable games at home uh, Rangers will beat St Mirren at the weekend Because St Mirren look like a boxer on the ropes Unable to defend themselves properly now So Rangers will get their three points on Saturday And Celtic will need to go to Perth on Sunday And make sure that two Tommy Wrights don't make it wrong And of course the big story of the weekend in many ways is Hibbs and Neil Lennon So they mm. win without him yesterday Hugh And it's a question of Of what next He's not officially left the club He's, he's, he's still in place no. I guess lawyers are involved at the moment um, But people are already Turning their attentions And looking at who could replace him That's that's the world we live in You don't get much time Well exactly We have a mad keen Hibby In the extended family And uh, he's told me that he wants Gordon Strachan uh, And Gordon Strachan I think will be spoken to By Rod Petrie And or Leanne Dempster He's a Hibs fan by birth uh, He of course has been wildly successful As a manager in Scotland At club level With Celtic So Gordon Strachan would certainly be a colourful addition To our setup here Okay we'll get stuck right into that In the second hour of tonight's show But it's 0141 951 1025 On the phones right now Let's hear from Stephen Gerrard He says he got the reaction he was looking for From his players in the win at Livingston The Rangers boss says they were perfect defensively But he doesn't think that changing back To the old formation uh, Was the reason for that success I thought we thoroughly deserved our win I thought we were excellent from, from start to finish I thought we matched Livingston in, in, in the fight and the battle early on And we competed with them in, in every single department 
and then our quality came through. We got a response and we, we got a reaction. I think the, the key to today was we were perfect defensively and I think more often than not if we defend perfect and we don't gift people chances or goals, it gives us a chance to go on and win games because the quality we've got, I thought we were very persistent today and keep going and creating chances and we end up killing Livingston off. We could have done it earlier, but thankfully, you know, there wasn't a nervous end and I thought we were we were strong and certainly deserved our win. We beat ourselves on Wednesday night. We beat ourselves. It was nothing to do with tactics or formation. It was to do with a defender gifting Livingston a lead and giving a square pass and getting done on a counter-attack. Nothing to do with personnel or 4-4-2 or 4-3-3. We beat ourselves on Wednesday night. We showed today if you don't give people chances or goals, and you defend and do your job properly and stick to a game plan, you can win the game because we've got more quality than Livingston. Alex, what did you make of it yesterday? I was really impressed by Rangers, I have to say, Gordon. I thought the the difference from Wednesday night against Kamarnock was day and night. I thought the the pressing, the high press, the tempo, they looked a lot more resolute at the back, they looked more aggressive. Uh, and they were, you know, they, they seemed to be like two teams to me at times. When I see them last week, particularly for the last hour and ten minutes against Kamarnock, it's interesting because Stephen Gerrard touches on there It's nothing to do with the personnel and things Well, for me, the way they went about their business yesterday The majority of the guys still played last Wednesday So it, it conflicts with me a little bit Because why are they not playing at the same tempo the week before? So I understand that the goal And I said that in Saturday's show That the goal that Joe Worrell concedes is beyond me But the actual reaction afterwards uh, Is not what any Rangers fan or Stephen Gerrard will look for Whereas yesterday they went about their business brilliantly And you know You have to say But going forward for Rangers They need to play at that tempo They have to be in people's faces And it's an old cliche And an old uh, manager's word You have to earn the right To play football And they did that yesterday Hugh Keevens The question for you And for the Rangers fans out there then is Did the Rangers Keep it as it is? Did they leave Defoe and Davis out Until such times As something changes? Because you go back to By and large The team that beat Celtic and it does the business again yesterday The signings of Jermaine Defoe and Stephen Davis Were continuing proof of Rangers Throwing the kitchen sink at the league title this season uh, They're spending all sorts of money uh, And it's perfectly obvious That it's in an attempt to stop Celtic at number 8 Rangers don't want Celtic to win 10 in a row And that's perfectly alright That's what rivalry is all about However No matter how much money Jermaine Defoe and Steve Davis are getting per week They'll be left out If Steven Gerrard thinks The team will win without them Because nothing Absolutely nothing Is now more important Than making sure That the only slip up Rangers had Was against Kilmarnock And you could tell the way that Steven Gerrard was getting Kind of excited there He got mixed up And said it was a defensive mistake Against Livingston It means against Kilmarnock uh, So The tension is rising 0141 Let's hear from you John is in Clyde Bank What did you take away From yesterday's game John? Hello we are I went and said before Stephen J was speaking there That I think that The back The two centre-halves That played this season Has cost us Massively Amount of points I think that The consistency Of selection Out of five Potential players Nobody knows even Who's your first Centre-half And The they went and said that it's no team selection. Well, I do think that by six months in, you should know who your two central defenders are. I don't think he does. He chops and changes so many different positions. Also, team selection. The team that played against Celtic were on a high and they brought in a great massive risk because I think either underestimated Kilmarnock, considering if they won that day, they would go above us in the league. 
by bringing in Jermaine Defoe and Steve Davis on that day, and I think it was proven on Sunday yeah. that it was a bad move. So it was to Davies' team selection, and it was to Davies. I mean, McCrory was left out in, in, uh, against Gilmarnock. He's probably, I'm playing this season last season, and whenever he plays this season, he's never ever let you down. Uh, the minute Warrell made the mistake, you could see for the rest of the game, you see that they were disappointed. Nobody had confidence in the two centre-halves. They never had confidence in each other. They were nervous for the 64 minutes after the mistake that Warrell made. And any centre half can make a mistake like that. He made a mistake. But it was the reaction of Ed in particular. They were just a bag of nerves. And Macaulay gets trapped. So, he, I'm sorry, but if we knew who our two centre-halves were, the centre-halves were, I think it would be at least level, if not above Celtic. I think it's cost us massively throughout the season by this chopping and changing, getting a player under. Somebody told me that he's meant to get 15 games, Warrell. And if that's the way that Fibbers win these days, I remember back in the day, you knew who your two centre halves were. You knew who was sitting by and who would drive forward. You knew them. John, I don't, I, John, I don't think that uh, Stephen Gerrard would have given any assurances that Warrell had to play a certain number of games. I think when you're coming to a club like Rangers, regardless, uh, th- there's always different uh, connotations in how it's actually devised in terms of how you pay a certain part of the salary. I agree with you in terms of the, the centre-half pairings, but what I will say is uh, uh, if Golson was fit, at the weekend He would most certainly have played For me He's an absolute Along with Hedo Yeah but that Again that's why I agree him In some aspects But again It's who it's going to be I thought at the start of the season I thought him and Katic Were really impressive And then he changed mm. them For Warrow against Villarreal So it's about getting That right partnership I mean Lewis McInnes tweeted in He says he tweeted last week You know Katic starts Rangers go back to the formation That beats Celtic And we keep a clean sheet And score three yeah. Um <laughs> Stephen Gerrard talks about hindsight there saying no you, you can't say this is all down to the formation but all week on this show we've been hearing fans lots of them saying I want to see Katic start he does yeah. for the first time since early November Yep, remember that's a long time um, and Rangers do go back to that form- formation and they do win how do you separate that between accusing people of, of using hindsight but or using that as a legitimate reason as to why they got a result well I think everybody I think if Steven Gerrard had to do it all over again I think he would go back to the team that won yesterday but you know that, that boat has sailed I think he'll look back and the fact that he actually changed it uh, yesterday would suggest that he got it wrong bringing these two guys in so soon on the back of a brilliant win against Celtic so it may well have it's okay I was all standing here he's actually looked he's brought the two big signings in and it hasn't worked on the night but you can't just blame the two guys because you look at Warrell who has been featuring uh, making a horrendous mistake but again I get back to my point the mistakes uh, that led to all the players mm. kind of looking at lost you're looking for leaders at that time Stephen Gerrard said that Rangers beat themselves I think that's slightly unfair I mean Kilmarnock at the end of the day had to score two goals uh, so mistakes such as the one made by Warrell at Rugby Park are now magnified because of the stage of the season we have reached. Mm. And that's why, you know, people say, why didn't they play the Rangers team? There's a, an assumption that be, the Rangers team who beat Celtic, there's an assumption that they automatically would have beaten Kilmarnock. Is that fair? Mm. Uh, Stephen Gerrard says he hasn't received any respectable offers for their players this month. He does expect an interest in Morelos 
And Tavernier A couple of days left Of this window of course um, He says he's delighted With the depth he's got That's after adding Some signings in January That's why I brought That quality in I think at times We've been short Go back to the semi-final We lost against Livingston And we were short In a main department And that can't happen So the reason we bring Quality in is for people To fight for places And hopefully that brings Top form out of people But I welcome the headache I welcome the headache In terms of formation But also in terms of personnel That's the position I want to be in I think There'll be talk of Tav, there'll be talk of Alfredo, but the reality is there hasn't been a solid bid for for any of our players so far. Will the, will one come? Possibly, I'm not sure. I'll have to answer the question when it does, but um, the Southampton stuff is, is paper talk, we're told, um, and there hasn't been a respectable bid for any of the players where we stand right now. He leaves that remark open to interpretation When he says there hasn't been a respectable bid Has there been a disrespectful bid? Uh, But only he will know that However Having said that Rangers Financially speaking Have thrown the kitchen sink At it this season In order to stop Celtic if they can I do not think that there's Any way They could sell Alfredo Morelos In this transfer window and I don't care how much money is offered for him I don't think that Rangers could do it And run the risk of that being What makes a material difference Between them challenging Celtic And not challenging All this week we'll be taking your thoughts On the closing days of the transfer window What about the business your club's done so far? Are you worried you're going to lose Some of your best talent? Do you still want to see more names come in? You tell us 0141-951-1025 Robert's a Rangers fan in Newlands Hi Robert Evening panel. Um, just, just a quick point about uh, the team yesterday that started against Livingston. Now, all season, I've been saying that Rangers and Steven Gerrard have not found the clinical starting 11 that we've been craving. And I think finally, we've got a starting 11 that I think are credible enough to challenge for the title for the remainder of the season. Now, if we forget about Joe Warren's bundle against Kamarok, he's put in some cracking performances against. Uh, some of the top opposition. So I think the Rangers has to stop getting on his back. He, he's a human being. He's going to make mistakes. But with Katic coming, stepping up to play to, to Golden's uh, injury, I think that is really credible as well. So my point is to the panel, do you think Rangers need to invest further or do you think Rangers have a decent enough depth, squad depth to go forward? In hard financial terms, it's difficult to see how Rangers can add any more to this squad. Either they've spent millions of pounds on it It's not cheap getting Stephen Gerrard to be a manager either And Jermaine Defoe and Stephen Davis have come from the English Premier League And must be costing Rangers plenty per week I don't see how Rangers can bring in anyone between now and Thursday Hugh, if you actually exclude the financial aspect of it for for a minute, when you look at the the squad, they're kind of bloated in every every area now. You look at Lafferty not even got on the bench yesterday, so there was times towards the end of round about Christmas time we were looking at the bench and we think they can't mix it up, but they seem to have got guys back fit. Uh, I also know that, that Jones and Kamara are coming in the summer as well. Absolutely, I, I think if anything, you maybe want to try and maybe like guys like Rossiter, Wallace, who for me are not going to feature, might free up some money and as you say, who might help. Uh, the board a little bit It's just try to get these guys out And get them game time I mean Robert You say you feel it In your opinion Rangers have now found That starting 11 Presumably So that, that means in, in your eyes Defoe and Davis Not needed in the starting 11 At the moment I think they're Great backups I mean the thing is Rangers have got A, a young squad now That can do A lot in the future 
And if they sign the likes of Kent, then we can build on that in the future. I mean, are the Fulham Davis uh, Paddock signings? I don't think so. I think they're good players. However, you know, the Fulham hasn't had a lot of game time, and it's showing. So unless he gets more game time, gets fitness stuff, and then he starts to be the Jermaine Defoe that we all know and love, then I, can, I don't see him getting the start in 11 because Alfredo likes to score goals. And I think we all know that. I think the interesting thing from, from Robert's comments there as well, Gordon, is in terms of getting these guys game time. Does Steven Gerrard throw them in midweek? You know, that that's the key thing because they cannot afford to go out the cup. That's you know, that would be one of the worst results ever. So, you know, do they give them game time to try and get them up to speed? That's football for you. You come with a fanfare of trumpets and now you're a ragging bone man's <laughs> trumpet. After one week. Uh 0141-951-1025. We're about to hear from Brendan Rogers on Marion Schwed, Scott Sinclair and other topics. So let's hear from you on the phones or on Twitter. Brendan Rogers coming up after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are here looking ahead, uh, looking back, I should say, on all the weekend's big talking points, looking ahead to some midweek fixtures um, and discussing everything in the news this morning. So give us a call on the phones or you can tweet at Clyde SSB. Um, plenty to get through, as I'm sure you can imagine. Later on in the show, we're going to talk Hibbs and Neil Lennon, so get your thoughts in on that. In the meantime, let's hear from Brendan Rogers, Hugh. He's confirming today winger Marion Schved had his medical at the club. He's set to complete his move this week. Rogers also hopes Lewis Morgan will go out and loan to Sunderland. Well, with Sunderland, one of the interested parties, Jack Henry, um, may also be on the move as well. Him and I have spoken at length in terms of the next step for Lewis, and um, you know, and we believe that you know getting regular game time is, is going to be absolutely important for him. So, uh, so that that move will hopefully take place for him. And then it's just not about finding the A club because there's good clubs that are interested in him, but finding the right club that gives him the, the game times. I think Jack Hendry was another player. He said to me, go out on loan in the second half of the season. Is there any movement on that? Did you expect him? Nothing, nothing as of yet. There are interested teams in Jack, but uh, but again, over the next couple of days, we'll. We'll really have to define the, the squad in terms of where we're at. You know, you want to ensure that you don't pick up any injuries or any serious injuries that may stop them because, of course, we have to ensure that, first and foremost, our own squad is right. Uh, and if it is, then it allows the possibility of, of players to go out. If not, then uh, then the players stay. You said you were hoping that Marion Schved would arrive at the start of this week. Is there been any movement on that one? Either? Yeah, I think there's a medical that's going on today so hopefully over the next uh, few days that can be, be organised and then uh, then he'll come back to here and, and we'll have a look and talk through what his development plan would be and, and then go from there What his development plan will be I would suspect that uh, is to be loaned out somewhere else uh, Brendan Rogers, having already said he's got a million wingers uh, there's plenty of players surplus to requirements at Celtic and Brendan Rodgers just rhymed them off there, uh, leaving out others like Marvin Compere, Malumbu. Uh, I mean, th- there's a lot that Celtic could be getting off the wage bill. Yeah, I was just uh, jotting down some names and, and Hugh touched upon them. I mean, obviously, Morgan Henry, Malumbu, Hayes, uh, Kouassi, Benyu, Compere. There's a lot of guys that I don't think will feature if they have their... Quarter uh, up to speed. I mean, I think Kwasi's injured, isn't he? But the rest yeah. certainly um, not in, in in any way. Could you imagine them getting a lot of game time, Hugh Evans? No, Compare stands out a mile as the, the worst example yeah. of bringing in someone that I don't know what happened there, but he's in eighty three minutes in a Celtic. Ability to try and pay him off in some way, Hugh, just to kind of minimise the the yeah. cost. 
And then of course If you were looking at Potential incomings at Celtic And give us your take on this Please 0141 951 um, It goes back to the banner At the weekend Hugh It might have, it might have been a day Where yeah. Recruitment isn't spoken about But a banner goes up in the corner um, Essentially backing the manager Urging the board to, to back Brendan Rodgers Or lose him What I would say to that Is Celtic are top of the league Will be six points clear Of Rangers If they beat St Johnston On Wednesday night They had a win over Hamilton Ackies On Saturday That saw them play without Craig Gordon Formerly a £9 million goalkeeper Without Kieran Tierney who is the biggest asset that Celtic possess in terms of possible transfer fees, without Odson Edouard, who cost Celtic's club record transfer fee of £9 million, without Lee Griffith, scorer of 100-plus goals for Celtic, without Tom Rogic, off at the Asian Cup with Australia, and with James Forrest sitting on the bench. So there's half a dozen automatic first-team picks and Celtic are still on top of the league without them playing. So who's backing who here? It's probably the only one you would look at over the next couple of days, and Celtic fans will know more, certainly more than me. That's why I'm urging the phone calls, Alex. The only thing you'll be looking at in the next few days, I would imagine, will a right-back arrive? Yeah. As Hugh says, the, the options there, players injured still to come back, Tom Rogic still to come back, but that still doesn't cover up, I think, most of the Celtic fans we hear from are wanting to see a right back. I think that's been ongoing for since the summer. Gordon, they've tried to sign several players, uh, which haven't materialised. They've been linked to several players. Uh, uh, one I know very well, Timo Castagna, over in Atalanta, Atalanta in Italy. Um, but the, the problem you have is you're going to have to pay six million pound for these guys minimum. Uh, you know, and I'm not really sure Celtic want to do that in this window because they have a guy in Lustig who is extremely comfortable. He's played thirty odd games this season, so for me. Uh, you know it's not paramount for Celtic at the moment 0141-951-1025 Let's hear from you Brendan Rodgers is also giving praise to Scott Sinclair After the win against Hamilton The Celtic boss said the side played really well He thinks they could have scored more um, Given the chances that they created Let's hear again from the Celtic boss Yeah I thought we played very well We had to work um, Hamilton like they do the show They've obviously had some difficult results But I think you can see they were inspired coming here today and the performance level was, you know, they were very resolute and young Ryan made some great saves, especially early on. But we, we created a lot of chances today, didn't quite finish them all, but a very, very good win for us and really pleased. Yeah, I think you've seen his body language, the, the aggression in his game. Again, unfortunately, made a brilliant run in the first half and Ryan made a, made a brilliant save. I've known Scotty for years and, yep, OK, he might not always play well, but his consistency in, in the last numbers of months now has been excellent and what he loves always do he'll always score a goal and uh, it was a really good good goal for us when he, when he scored we worked it well took it quickly and then he he gets himself in and, and scores with a header so, but, so yeah you see his confidence is at a really high level I'm wondering if any of you Celtic fans out there have been critical of Scott Sinclair I wonder if he's won you over yet or if you're still not too sure because he's clearly in form in front of goal so has he won you over? I would say this of all the Celtic players not just Scott Sinclair but after the winter break Celtic could not have asked for a better comeback than Airdrie in the Scottish Cup, St Mirren and Hamilton Ackies in the league. That's why they've scored 10 goals and conceded none. Now, the tension goes up just a notch or two because it's St Johnston, albeit at Celtic Park, but St Johnston, although they were well beaten on Saturday, represent a better level of opponent than Celtic have faced so far. Uh, 0141 951 1025 Laurie is a Celtic fan On the line Hi Laurie 
Hello, good evening. Hello. Uh, Alec. How are you, Laurie? I no bad, pal. Uh, you'll find this humorous, if I can just mention this to you briefly before I make my own point. Uh, one of the local community pages uh, on Facebook that night that obviously had, what's the term, uh, referencing you uh, on, on one of the, the broadcasts okay. uh, as a fellow Denistonian. Anyway, I was mildly rebuked. Uh, I've not used that terminology anymore. Uh, I have not referred to anybody as a, a Denistonian. Uh, I have instead to use the terminology Denizen of Deniston. <laughs> That's you told, Alex. You can, yeah. <laughs> I thought you'd get a laugh with that, Alex. Uh, anyway, we'll move on to the football. Uh, you know, I think that the, the three signings that have been made thus far in the transfer window by Celtic uh, probably were regarded as largely underwhelming to you. Mm-hmm. I, Timothy Weir, I, Oliver Buck, and the young guy, uh, Bio. But I'll tell you what, Weir and Buck have both hit the ground running. And I was talking to Andy, the moderator there, before I came on the programme, and you, you alluded to it just in your comments a couple of minutes ago, uh, that it must be ominous for every other team in the league to think that... Uh, we have yet to see the return of Lee Griffiths, uh, Edward, uh, and the young guy Bayo, of course, is still to make his uh, debut. And the other absentees is, of course, like Bayata and, and Cham and, and Rogic. I just feel that Celtic have got goals uh, in almost every department in the field that no other team can match. I understand the Rangers are sent in their squad, uh, with Jermaine Defoe and Steve Davis. But for the life of me, although I think that the, the race will be more closely contested, uh, I cannot see uh, that any other team has got the firepower or Arsenal that Celtic have. The yeah. panel starts. Well, you obviously, Celtic have the best squad. Obviously, Celtic have had everything their own way for the last seven years uh, and should get eight in a row. As you said yourself though Laurie It's tighter than anyone thought it would be And Celtic have to make sure About this game in hand on Wednesday night Because it's a tremendous psychological advantage for Celtic To go six points clear Puts real doubt in the minds of those who are chasing them But they should win the title We have all tipped them to win the title It's when they all come back uh, I'm not sure that we will see Lee Griffiths again this season for example uh, in Sham, I don't know where he's gone But uh, he ceased to be a really important Celtic player some months ago uh, So he has to come back Edward has to come back and hit the ground running I've no problem with Rogic He'll come back from the Asian Cup And get the required rest period And then he'll be a decent player for Celtic On paper and in reality Celtic have the top squad And if they don't win the league this season Then serious questions will be asked Laurie, that was one of the things that you you touch upon it there in terms of the firepower. But see, when you look at the cover throughout the whole of the squad, they are the biggest squad by far. They're full of internationals. Uh, we're not quite sure where Tierney's at at the moment because we're not quite sure whether it's a hip, whether it's a kind of not a hip area. injury. So it's a pelvic in, uh, area, isn't it? Just know it's not a hip injury. That's all I can give you right now. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, well, Laurie, the reason why I'm saying that is because for me, looking at Izagiri, would he be sufficient throughout the, the the rest of this campaign? What about Scott Sinclair, Alex? We just heard um, Brendan Rogers talking about him again. He's he yeah. really seems to divide opinion. In fact, most of the calls we get are quite critical of him. Yeah. 
Can't really argue with what he's he's returning in terms of goals at the moment. Yeah, I think he's on thirteen already, Gordon. He he will possibly get twenty. He's starting to hit some good form. He's driving in off the the flank as well, and he's contributing in a goal sense. I think it's eight in his last seven, which is fabulous. You know, there was guys on here saying he's finished, he's gone, he's no pace. I seen him skipping past about three players at the weekend, and then it was a brilliant save by the Airdrie goalkeeper. So when Hamilton, looking, sorry Hamilton uh, goalkeeper, but um, when you see all that, Gordon, it's a guy that's starting to really. Mm. Reinvent yourself Who'd be a goalie? Oh so Liam Kelly And uh, Ryan Fulton Have just had A weekend of despair However and They've both been Well Ryan Fulton Had a good game The mistakes aside yeah. And Liam Kelly's had a wonderful season And then does that yesterday The, so. old, the, the old cliche about goalkeepers You know that Anybody else can make a mistake But when a goalkeeper Makes a mistake It tends to end in a goal And that makes yours Magnified But uh, we've got great goalkeepers In this country And uh, those two young men uh, will be good again Thank you to Laurie Let's get the thoughts of Stephen and Airdrie Hi Stephen Hi Gordon Hello Hi Alec Hi. Good evening Hello Yeah um, I'm a bit I keep hearing about how we need to go and buy a right back We need to buy a right back We're their right back We're their right back at Celtic Liverpool are top of the English Premiership right now With two young boys playing fullbacks Anthony Alisson has not done a single thing wrong And I, I just don't understand when Kieran Tina came out of the team everybody's like right we watched them grow and grow and grow and it's probably one of arguably the best left backs in Britain at the moment I mean Kieran Alston his chance Lustig I don't think he's got it anymore I think that's clear for everybody to see he struggled too many times give the boy a chance before we go and start spending money on an area where we don't really need to spend money when you've got that young boy there Stephen, can, can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question, Stephen? Why has the manager uh, been searching for one for the best part of six months? Then, because he works with Ralston every day, he's given them several opportunities throughout the, the course of that time. He's he sent him out on loan. He's obviously monitored that. Why is he looking to bring in a, a, a international player uh, to, to take over for Lustig? Then, if if Ralston's that good, well, see the thing is, Alec. I mean. You just round off a list of names there, right? Let's be brutally honest, right? For everything that Brendan Hodges has done brilliantly, there's a lot of dead wood at Celtic that he's brought in to Celtic Park. I don't understand. I mean, he's given Ralston his chances. When's the boy ever worked in? I, I couldn't contradict you in the statement you've just made uh, because Brendan Rodgers has made a lot of mistakes on the transfer front. It's there in black and white uh, And a few of them will be shipped out before Thursday However The Celtic supporters as you well know Have this uh, Phrase they like to use about the manager In Brendan we trust So if he's won seven trophies in a row uh, You, you kind of have to trust his judgement When it comes to team selection how was Mikael Lustig at the weekend, Stephen? Because I, I remember specifically Gordon DL saying he thought he had a very good game and at that Twitter blew up with Celtic fans saying, well, I don't think so. Not, not as far as they were concerned. What did you make of him? I, I, Michael Lustig used to be... The, the best way I could describe Lustig was Lustig was always a 7.5 out of 10 every week. Every single week, 7.5 out of 10. You knew what you get off him. Now he has one good game and a couple of bad ones. He's positioning and he's lost a bit. I think it's for the injury he had no longer. And I think, you know, I don't think he was great at the weekend. I mean, Gordon, I think he was still thinking about the basketball on Friday night or something. You know, <laughs> you know another freebie coming up or something like that. I mean, I don't think he was as great as what Gordon made out. I mean, I listened to Gordon, I thought, 
usually he actually talks quite sense sometimes, you know, but this time he's way off the mark. But, I mean, just you saying there about inventing the trust, I, I totally trust him 100%. However, if you look at the amount of Deadwood that's healthy right now, you're talking well, well over £100,000 a week wages of players. Marvin Comper, 83 minutes. You know, Jack Hendry, it's quite obvious that the boy's never going to make it a Celtic. Because any time he plays in a Celtic jersey, he's a time bomb waiting to happen. You know, I just, you know, something worries me about Celtic and the way they're going to do this. Young, young boys, let's, you know, young boys need experience around about them. And I think, you know, we, we should be looking at maybe getting rid of a lot of the eight or nine out this, this week. And maybe going for Sunday like a Yaya yeah, yeah, Toure or something like that. I mean, Yaya yeah, yeah, Toure was mentioned a couple of weeks ago. And the buzz about the place for two or three days was unbelievable. And I think that's what Celtic are looking for, something like that. Alright Stephen, we're going to have to leave that one there Time is against us, thanks for the call uh, On Twitter, Anthony says I've said it before, I'll say it again Goals over performances every time If Scott Sinclair's scoring the amount of goals he has this season Playing below his excellent standards I for one take that every day of the week 01419511025 Your call's coming up again after the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation They know the score Talk to Thompson's.com Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans are here Why not give them a call or send a tweet A uh, few tweets coming in What have we got here uh, Joseph Hughes Not quite convinced clearly with Scott Sinclair He says He only plays well when Celtic do He's not capable of digging the team out a hole when needed But the goals he scores Means he gets away with it um, And Sean Graham's on says Interesting fact for you guys uh, he says at the weekend Celtic had the same fullbacks in 2019 That we had in 2012 Lustig and Izagiri Let me just quickly go. answer that point About uh, Scott Sinclair doesn't dig you out of a hole We need him uh, Can I just refer you sir To uh, Aberdeen against Celtic yeah. Three goals from Scott Sinclair Three That's digging you out mm. oh, Just when you said um, Aberdeen there It reminded me a bit of breaking news Not too long before we came on air Kilmarnock are appealing Chris Boyd's red card That he picked up at Pataudry Did you see that one? I did yeah. Does yeah. he have a chance With the appeal? Uh, no you, I think I think it, because he was so late uh, Leading with studs There's you know Endangering an opponent No I don't think he'll go over that one Gordon But Although you've got a chance When the Aberdeen manager says I thought it was a yellow Which he true. did Which he did I think it's one Alec You could argue over Hugh if it was me Being sent off for that I'd have been devastated But uh, And it's different times You know He was a bit I don't know, second late And he's caught him on the top of his foot it's, it's dangerous Yeah, I suppose we should know Not to try and second guess these things By now oh, no, oh, oh, no. <laughs> But I'll ask you to do it anyway um, I don't think you would get a ban No? Alright, okay dog. Uh, 0141-951-1025 On the phones On Twitter we are At Clyde Which SSB means, Which means Boyd will get a six game ban Yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. You were in sparkling form With the predictions at the weekend <laughs> again It must be said David's a Celtic fan in Hillington Hi David How you doing? All good, what's your point? Scott Sinclair I said last season I was on the show Saying it as well I think he's been Unfairly criticised At times But I include Celtic fans In that um, Last season His goal scoring record Was superb Was he no 20, 22 goals Possibly our best Top goal scorer Last season If I'm right well, he certainly provides goals are plenty, and that's why the the earlier tweet that Gordon read out about valuing goals above performances is accurate. He had, you can't call it the misfortune. He had an outstanding first season at Celtic. He was Scotland's Player of the Year. He scored in his debut. He didn't stop scoring, 
And his overall play was scintillating He hasn't reached that height of performance But he continues to score on a regular basis And that's why Brendan Rodgers picks him David you were right I think it was 18 last year and 25 years, uh, 25 goals a year before So you know when you consider the amount of goals he's pitching in uh, It's a remarkable return And I've just said earlier on in the programme If he doesn't get 20 he'll be really disappointed Because when Celtic are firing He's one of the key players draft, drifting in from that uh, you know, left-hand side and to get a goal at the weekend as well with his head. So they track that back post and he's causing problems when well, he's running out players. What you could see, Alec, is that when he goes off the boil, which happens to all of us periodically, he really goes off the boil. But uh, the goals, you can't fault those. It just shows you the, 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 the divide here, David, on Twitter. Literally as we're talking about it They're coming in um, I mean Scotty's on Says always been a fan of Sinclair You don't become a bad player overnight I've always backed him um, Stephen similar Stephen O'Neill Best player of the season so far Stats don't lie But then Anthony says Tell Keevans my granny Could have scored those three Against Aberdeen So Oh no she couldn't <laughs> uh, David Why is it he continues to divide opinion Amongst the Celtic support? I think partly because The way you started His reply About the Invincible season Which mm. is thrown to a lot of players At Celtic Just now Brendan Rodgers as well And see As I've said before On this show And to other people That's the aberration That's not the normality Because you're not going to go through Every season with it Even actually doing it once Is unbelievable So The fact is That's constantly thrown At Celtic players Especially Stocks to a point What mm. happened in last season Was Teams kind of doubled up and trebled up on him, so he dropped a wee bit deeper fraternity overtake. He still come in with 18 goals. This season it's a wee bit better because they're, they're maybe getting a wee bit more space. So considering the, the fact that, as I say, you take that invincible season out of the equation, how well everybody done. The standard of play, as Rogers said, is superb all the time. Well, no superb, but that's a bit... Yeah, it's it's consistent, uh, yeah. Take his goals They would take his goals Out of the equation This season Would, would Celtic still be Three points in front Perhaps not Well If you take certain goals If you take certain goals Off Kermanich or Rangers Or Aberdeen Are they going to be Behind us in the league Just behind us in the league Come on That's, that's a bit unfair To say that Hugh I think he's backing up Your point David More yeah, than yeah, anything yeah. I think he's, he's you, trying you, To talk you, about You've misinterpreted My point entirely I'm, I'm backing Sinclair here By saying If you take his goals Out of the equation I'm trying to mount a defence oh, of right. Scott Sinclair. I misunderstood. I apologise. Yes, thank you. Yes, <laughs> on we go. <laughs> Not everyone's buying it. Jerry's on. He says, "Who's Hugh kidding?" Edward dug us out at Aberdeen. Sinclair scored three tap-ins. Get real. That's how he's not quoted down. You south. see, if I had said, Alec, if I had said Sinclair just scored three tap-ins at Bataudry, the 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 Twitter would have gone. Off its head. The thing is, you the tap ins are just as important as Correct. 30, 40 yarders, so that it all adds up and uh, you have to be in the right place. If he gets a tap in against Rangers on the 31st of March, we will not hear about it. <laughs> uh, thank you to David in Hillington. It's 0141 951 1025. That's the number you need on the phone. No, I'm I just thought you were going to add something no, the other way you were looking at. I was at laughing me. at him, man. I've tried it. Uh, the producer's attention there The old boy was in good form there Listen, you can't stop him uh, Let's have a quick scroll through Twitter See if there's anything That they want your answer on, Hugh I'll we'll tell you what There's a good number, Hugh um, Of people asking your thoughts On the pitch invasion Yes um, At Livingston yesterday now, Who have we got? They've got GM is asking about it We've got um, too, I, I, too many to mention yeah, To be honest John McIlvany I'm going to treat this matter In a perfectly serious manner because when people come on, there is the danger of other people being hurt. However, 
Let's try and keep it in perspective. It did not cause major disruption. It should not have happened. It has happened on more than one occasion with the Rangers supporters. They will need to calm down or they will get their own club in trouble. Thankfully, there was no damage caused and there was no physical damage caused to anyone. But it was the third goal against Livingston, for goodness sake. The match was well and truly wrapped up. Everyone will need to calm down. It is now under investigation by police. So, under the contempt of court act, best to leave it at that. Well, listen, I think it was a wee bit over exuberance. It's unnecessary to come on the pitch. I totally agree with you. No one was injured. and uh, But again, you have to be responsible because becoming on the pitch, you then maybe get Rangers a fine uh, and things going forward. I, I just thought it was some young boys charging onto the pitch and getting a bit excited. But I, I couldn't understand why they charged on at 3-0. Why did they not come on at 1-0? You know, if <laughs> we're going to come on. Yeah, so as I say, we're not trying to minimise what took place. We're not trying to dismiss what took place. It should not have taken place. The Rangers supporters are particularly guilty of this. They will need to calm down or, as I say, they will get their own club in trouble. But a sense of perspective, please. In Scotland, we absolutely thrive on trying to get other people into trouble. Let's just keep a sense of perspective until we have a day when somebody deserves to get into trouble. Yeah, because the rules on this have never been strict. We don't have that strict liability, Hugh. Mm. We, we don't have that automatic punishment if something like that happens. You know, my sense of perspective is this. When Rangers played at Livingston the last time and somebody threw a coin and uh, hit a linesman, uh, he was then dealt with by the courts. That's naughty, that's serious. But yesterday was the invasion of the pimply-faced youth and uh, once they get back behind the barriers, all was well. Let's just try and keep it in perspective. Now, in the second hour of tonight's show, we're going to be discussing the ongoing situation at Hibs with regards to Neil Lennon. They, they did the business on the park yesterday, so get your thoughts in on that. But first... Beat the Pundit. With goals in the Scottish Sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. Yes, it's the first Beat the Pundit of a new week. Your chance to kick off the week in the right way by coming on here, showing off your football knowledge against Hugh Keevans or Alex Ray, getting the bragging rights and walking away with a signed ball. If that sounds good, give us a call on 0141 951 Do it now because you only have until the news at 7 o'clock if you do want to play tonight's Beat the Pundit. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are here and they want to hear from you. It's been quite a weekend at Hibs. Friday night, the news broke. Neil Lennon um, had been suspended, if you like, from the club. He wouldn't be in charge uh, for Sunday's game against St Mirren. Yesterday, they did play. No Neil Lennon. Eddie May in the dugout. They managed to get the three points at Paisley. Um, but the question is, what next? And what do you make of that situation? 0141 951 1025. With goals in the Scottish Sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. It's a new week, a clean slate for the pundits. Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans are ready. One of them is taking on David, who is a Cowdenbeath fan. We don't get many Cowdenbeath fans on the line. David, are you excited for Wednesday's game? I can't wait. Can I wait for it? Can you do it? Can you cause what would be a huge upset? Never say never, eh? Never say never. You see some big upsets, so... Just got to be have uh, a bit of hope 
Yeah, so, be- before we move on to the the actual questions, the biggest question probably is: Have you got? Have you and your fellow fans got the hair dryer out? Is it going to take something special to get that pitch playable, or is it going to be all right? What's the weather like? The weather it's dry. It's going to turn it's sitting here. The now it's uh, one degrees, but uh, I was going past it today. The pitch looks good. The pitch looks good. So I think all good. There we go, Hugh, we've heard it from our man on the ground David, our, our yes. Cowden Beath correspondent Tells us we should be alright But I've looked at the forecast, doesn't look great, does it? But when David oh, says that, that doesn't that. But when David says, never say never That's just a cliche for, no, we don't have any chance well, Listen David, if you do, if you manage to do it You feel free to come on here and remind Hugh Keevens of that Anyway, I'm going to toss the coin Heads you are up against Hugh um, And Tails, you will be up against Alex Ray It is Tails, Alex against Who, by the way, has... During the news Decided to come put his big jacket on And I'm talking like a big jacket And he zipped it right up Are you, are you okay? I've just went and made myself a cup of tea And put the jacket on I mean business You're here coming down it's with something Because it's not that cold in here Well I, I put my hand on Hugh's face And he, he kind of grimaced with What's so cold? Honestly Some Dennis and hard man he is Hugh Keevans so with that jacket zipped up Right uh, Let's give Alex a bit of Clyde 2 In his ear So he doesn't know what we're saying And we'll get your clock up and running David you've got 30 seconds Head to head with Alex You can pass Oh, hold on, Hugh Evans is waving at me I don't know what he's waving at Can you still hear me, Alex Ray? Yeah Oh, hold on a wee second Technical difficulties, I think they call this, David I don't want Alex to be able to hear your answers There we go, we're ready You ready, David? Your time starts now What was the half-time score yesterday between St Mirren and Hibs? 1-0 uh, For which club has Ross McCormick scored the most? 1-0 uh, What shirt number does James Tavernier wear? Two. Where did Derek McInnes start his playing career? Hearts. Which Scottish team have only won one league game this season? Quick. Dundee. Which Scottish Championship club did Hearts get Jake Mulraney from? Falkirk. Okay, they're quite tough. Some of them. Let's get Alex Ray back. Alex, see you with us. Yes, I'm ready. Right, to go. Same set of questions to you, shall we? Yep. What was the half-time score between St Mirren and Hibs yesterday? 1-0 St Mirren For which club has Ross McCormick scored the most? Uh, Leeds What shirt number does James Tavernier wear? 33 Where did Derek McInnes start his playing career? Morton Which Scottish team have only won one league game this season? Falkirk which Scottish Championship club did Hearts get Jake Mulraney from? Jake Mulraney. Jake Mulraney. Alaba. Okay. What do you think, David? You've heard the competition. Are you in, anything to be fearful of? Ah, uh, it was tough. I think he maybe just beat me. Maybe I. Right. Okay. Hugh Keevans, how would you have fared? He got the Mulray. <laughs> I thought Alec did well. I haven't heard how. Um, oh, that's David true. You're listening on. to Clyde too as well, yeah. right? Okay. Um, well, let's go through them and we'll find out, shall we? So, first question: What was the half-time score of yesterday's St Mirren Hibs game? You both got it. It was one nil uh, to St Mirren. For which club has Ross McCormick scored the most? It is Leeds. Um, yeah. See. You may or may not be interested to know. So, two one to Alex Ray. Equaliser straight away from David. Though James oh. Tavernier wears number two. I don't know where he got 33 from. <laughs> I know he's a right back. What am I thinking about? <laughs> anyway, so it's uh, it's two. He lives in my street as well. Cha- Chappie's door on the way home And just double check Shocker uh, Where did Derek McInnes Start his playing career At Is Greenock Morton 3-2 to Alex Which Scottish team Have only won one league game This season Albion Rovers 
mm, wee tricky one. Uh, and which Scottish Championship club did Hearts get Jake Mulraney from? It was Inverness Caledonian Thistle, which means Alex Ray gets three, and David, it is a two for you. Hard lines. Ah, no worries. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, thanks, Paul. Good man. Enjoy the game on Wednesday. We hope it goes ahead for you. Don't want to have sent Hugh Keevans up there to drive his car oh, a without a license on the pitch to heat it up. Shocking weather predicted for Fife, is there? I'm not too sure specifically for Fife But it's meant to get a bit chilly Tonight and over the coming days isn't it So yeah we'll wait and see Um, Last thing anyone needs is another postponement in that one Right Neil Lennon Hugh Keevans Talk to us and give us your thoughts on the phone 0141 951 1025 Well this has reached the point of no return Uh, Once the, the lawyers move in You're talking about a settlement Neil Lennon has 18 months left in his contract And clearly uh, wants to be paid in full It should also be said that Neil Lennon did an outstanding job for Hibs He won the championship for them uh, And he created a team uh, That was capable of filling Easter Road Because it was entertaining to watch Something has taken place Either somebody knows the full story and isn't telling Or uh, we will never discover the full story It's a shame And it's sad for Neil Lennon. Whether he is a victim of today's culture in football, whereby managers who have fire in their belly like Neil Lennon can't give full vent to their feelings because the 21st century player will not have that. He wants to be treated in another way and will go to employment law if necessary uh, if he feels that he has been maltreated. Uh, The club appear to have come down on the side of a player or players And against Neil Lennon That's how it appears uh, So I think the question now is Where does Neil Lennon go from here And without Neil Lennon Where mm. the Hibs go from here Yeah that's the, that's the thing Alex It will yeah. take a few days There is an air of um, uncertainty around this Most people are assuming that this is the end of the road And people are already turning their attentions To see where Hibs do go from here And I'm talking about yeah. names, replacements You've seen Gordon Strachan's name being banded around that's clearly a, a box office appointment If you yep. like I don't know who, who else is out there Who would be the other Outstanding candidates Well I know Lee Clark My old teammate Sunderland threw his hat In the ring as well In the last 24 hours But I think this is all A little bit disrespectful To Neil Lennon I think the whole Escapade has been uh, A shame really Because he has done A brilliant job uh, I know they were sitting In eighth before He, uh, he lost his Well He'd he, he been suspended um, I, I seen a, an article yesterday I think it was David Gray after the match says he didn't even know until he seen it on Sky. So that wouldn't suggest to me that there was nothing un- mm. t- too much within the meeting because I would imagine he was in that meeting. So he would probably have seen that before. But I think you made a good point in, at the weekend going, I, I have a very similar passion to Neil Lennon in terms of how you may well want to deliver something, particularly when you're not happy. And, um, you know, you know, we, we've been blaming players because we really don't know what's happening. But we've been blaming players. You know, the twenty first century players, we, and they are. They, we, they would never have coped in their day. You know, the managers were all power and fear. Um, but we're in an environment now where it's not just football. I think any workplace now there has to be a line, and we're not exactly sure the extent. So we don't know where it all falling down. I'm actually surprised that Hibs have not made an announcement about this, mm. other than he's been I suspended. They probably can't. That no, would be the no, that would be the, the, the assumption. The, 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 both parties are protecting their legal mm. position, I would say. Uh, Brendan Rogers had some strong thoughts on it today. He expects Neil Lennon to walk into another job if he leaves Hibs. He says the game has changed in terms of the attitude of players these days, um, but he says it's all about trying to adapt as a manager. 
Well, obviously, you're always disappointed. And, of course, there's no resolution yet to, to the situation. Of course, you're always sad. But I know Neil pretty well and I know how good a manager he is and, and what he puts into his life as a football manager, what a very good tactician he is. And the thing with Neil is he's not interested in being second best. You know, he's been in the game for all his life as a player and as a manager and coach to be the best that he can be. He'll only ever want to be the best. Uh, he galvanised Hibs when we went in there and has shown consistently what a, what a fantastic job he's done there. So if they end up parting their ways, then of course it would be very, very disappointing and it would be a sad end to what has been a, a really, really successful time there. But, uh, but as a guy, I have a lot of respect for him. You know, I did as a player, I have done as a manager. He's a good man who loves the game. You know, he's a real thoughtful guy, very intelligent guy. And I'm sure if it did come to an end at Hibs, he will walk into another job, I'm sure. The game is changing all the time, I think, from where it would have been years ago. There's night and day difference now. Years ago, if players would have got uh, the focus put onto them from a manager, then there was, there was that bit of, I'll go out and show you how good a player I am. Now it's different. The world's different. Changing rooms are different now. You know, players will be out and straight onto their agents. And then, like you say, the agents will be on the human resources. It then becomes difficult. But that's what you have to adapt to as a, as a manager. Um, but, um, but like I say, it's, it's, it's a change of world football. Hibs fans, where are you? Let's hear from you. 01419511025. And listen, this is one of those stories everyone will have an opinion on, so you don't need to be a Hibs fan. John Paul's in Denison. What do you make of it, John Paul? Yeah, I just think it's... Um, football's changed. It's like, it's like anything nowadays, you know, you're, you're kind of scared to... The way that you speak to some of the younger ones nowadays, I just think what happened to Mourinho, what's happened with Lennon. I know we don't know what's happened with Lennon, but you can try and read between the lines. But football's changed, but society's changed, and I don't know, I don't know what the answer is. But I just wanted to know your views on that, guys. It's an interesting debate, Hugh Keevens. And again, the, you don't want to speculate too much, but everyone is, and you have to until you find out the full facts. So that you can't make too much of an apology. Let's speak generally, though, okay? Uh-huh. And talk about modern management styles, modern players. If you are a manager, and you have 20 players, 22 players, whatever it may be, how much of the onus is on them to simply accept your way of doing things, and how much onus is on you to adapt to suit the group that you have? I believe that in football, as in life itself, there is always a middle ground to be found. There is a compromise between generations. I do believe that eighth place in the league is not good enough for Hibs and the fan base they have. I will accept that people would say, well, to what extent is the manager to blame for that? I also have to say, to what extent are the players to blame? And sometimes, as in football, again, as in any other walk of life, sometimes you have to drive the workforce on. And I don't believe that football can exist without the workforce being driven on. Harsh words will be exchanged. And I know that people say, oh, 21st century, it shouldn't be like that. It's the game of football mm. It is a contact sport In which you have to As Alex said at the start of the programme Win the right to win the football match And if Neil Lennon cracks the whip And he would periodically refer to Bringing out the whip again for the players Then there has to be an element of that Because players can become complacent And players need to be mm. driven on um, Alex, because what would be the um, we're talk, every, Everyone seems to accept that the, the modern environment is different Everyone yeah. says that No matter what side of this argument you fall on Everyone acknowledges that you know modern players are different from, from what they used to be But what do you do about that? Because presumably that sounds like quite a hard thing to get back So is the onus not on 
people to adapt rather than rather than to just somehow hope that all of a sudden a full group of players is going to wake up and be willing to accept what was the norm in 1992. Do you know what I mean? Is that that, that seems like quite a difficult thing to achieve? I think it's about balance, Gordon. It has to be about balance because if you behave the way you did in the night early 90s as as we we were getting managed. Some of the stuff that was going on, you would never get away with that now. So, again, as I said, I think what Hugh touches on there is really important because you have to drive these players on. There'll be different mentalities within that. Some will respond to it brilliantly, some won't. So then that's when the man management style comes into it. And then you have to try and get that so that you're Mm. not feeling as if someone's walking away to a Mm. chief executive and going, do you know what? This is too much for me I feel as if I've been bullied Or whatever I'm not not suggesting this is the case Within that I'm just giving your answer To that question you've given me So um, But it's about And I I understand But um, Brendan Rodgers was talking about In terms of Neil Lennon He has a desire to win He's desperate to put that across And you know I'm very similar to that as well I play five or six with the boys Most week in the last You need to calm down You're you're moaning all the time Yeah I've noticed that yeah (laughs) But it's just You know If that's ingrained within you It's very difficult to then Try Mm. and kind of Curtail that What do you think John Paul I'll be honest with you I just think that The younger ones nowadays Have to man up guys I mean I've been a manager I'm a manager But And I know that you've got to adapt But what I've always said Is you don't pull somebody up For doing their job correctly You pull them up For not doing it correctly And people nowadays Just can't take that I suppose that That that, that phrase Hugh that, that, that That's where the problem lies in a nutshell man up are we not in a, are we not in a day and age where you know what, what does that really mean people just you know it doesn't make you less of a man because you're not willing to stand in if someone's screaming and bawling and abusing you yeah, in your yeah, face yeah. and by the way again we're not saying that's what Neil Lennon did we're talking about the culture as I say it is the game of football there will be at times industrial language spoken uh, and at times your manner might be less than perfect you can't accept what's over the line By the same token You can't always run away for HR As you heard Brendan Rogers mention there in in that clip uh, There has to be middle ground mm. And in an industry like football Which so depends on people responding People being motivated People being willing to get hurt If necessary then you can't have a dressing room full of players who are preparing to go to HR. Who would be the guys, the managers from your time as a player, Alex, who who, who would toil in the current environment? In terms of... The style that they had then, perhaps not oh, Peter working Reed. Peter Reid. Oh. Peter Reid. Um, well, there was a documentary that was uh, aired in 1996-97 season, uh, and there must have been about 142 swear words in about a 30-minute program he was effing and blinding he was threatening people he was telling them he had no um you know um <laughs> about them so there was so much of this stuff and i'll give you an example there was one day i was on the bench and you didn't want to catch his eye gordon and he, he said to me and you know yeah and i ended up turning around going i'm not even playing he went that's how effing bad you are you know and you're, going, <laughs> you're like oh my god i'm not even playing and i'm getting battered here but what i will say is and, and uh, listen, I know we've moved on for these days. Every single player was absolutely determined to get into his team. Mm. He had a fear factor there, and it was the most successful period in Sunderland for the last 60 years or so. Back to back top seven finishes, and he got them going, and everybody was buying into this winning and dragging them over the line, as you said, and things. So, but would Peter Reid be able to do that now? Absolutely not. Any thoughts on 
if and when this gets concluded the way we expect it to, Hugh, where Hibs do go from here? Well, Hibs had better make the right appointment um, because Neil Lennon is a hard act to follow in the sense that he got them out of the championship, he gave the public a team that was worth watching. And that has to be maintained because they have a terrific stadium there at Easter Road. They have a very big fan base. Uh, and they expect the club to kick on. Uh, they don't expect to see them back in the championship at any stage. So they, they need to make the right appointment. It's tight at the top is on Twitter and says, despite being a Rangers fan, I feel sorry for Neil Lennon. He did really well at Hibs. He adds the pantomime villain in the league, uh, but I blame a lack of ambition in the Hibs hierarchy. They sold the best players from under him and haven't allowed him to strengthen. 0141 What do you think? Uh, we're going to get a full-time teaser, a question for the guys. Mm. Uh, that's coming up next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Get the result you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. It's that time of the night when you send the question to us and Hugh Keevens and Alex Ray rack their brains between now and the end of the show <laughs> to try and come up with the answers. Full time at Clyde1.com. That's the address you need to send your questions in. So let's have them. Uh, tonight's was sent in by Alan Wright. A very similar question to one we had last week. Um, can the pundits name 11 ex Rangers players? Who played for the club during nine in a row And after Ibrox went on to play for Hearts At some stage in their career Dave McPherson No Derek Ferguson Yes So we're looking for I'll just repeat that because you As always like to play along on Twitter I see all the answers coming in Uh, Looking for 11 ex-Rangers players Who played for the club during nine in a row And after leaving Ibrox Went on to play for Hearts at some stage in their career So Anti- they, they don't have to have transferred directly Anthony Yemi Anthony Yemi didn't make his Rangers debut Until the 97-98 season uh, What about Lindsay ha- Did Lindsay Hamilton? No mm. Oof. Derek Ferguson So you're looking for another 10 <laughs> This should be good This could be a long end to the show yes. If this is the progress we're making so far Alright, okay I'll leave you to it, shall I? Yes Uh, Right, just on the Hibs situation Let's hear a bit from the man who was in the dugout yesterday Because they had a game It almost uh, faded into the background But caretaker boss Eddie May says The players just need to be professional While the club sort out the next move Lennon's future is of course in the balance As we've been discussing A 3-1 win at St Mirren yesterday Uh, Eddie May adamant he doesn't want the job under any circumstances I've been involved for the first team since the Championship So it's just... Preparing the team and uh, try to go and try to win a game of football. And uh, it's different when you have to pick a team. Uh, I appreciate that, but other than that, we just go and try to win games of football, and that's all we're focused on. Do you have any idea how long you're going? Hopefully, not long, to be perfectly honest with you. I've had one sitting and I've always said I would never do it again, and I would never do it again. But uh, what I have to do for the club, I'll have to do for the club. And uh, we're all employees, football players and coaches, so we'll try our best ability when we get asked to go and do something. Players get paid to be professional, and that's what they are. You adapt and you just go on with your job. And uh, it's good that we had a game that takes minds off people, uh, minds off things. And, uh, Have you spoken to me or Gary in the last couple of days? Yeah, no, it's... Uh, what happened happened and uh, I just got asked along with Alan and then Grant Murray to go and take the team uh, because of the situation and uh, it's no 
it's it's not for me to go and comment on anything like that. It's uh, I'll keep uh, and we'll, we'll keep our distance for uh, and we'll be very very respectful towards Neil and uh, the club to make their decision what they're going to make, whatever that is. Well, clearly you'd want a new appointment made very quickly because you can't have someone in charge of the team who is not in love with the idea of being football management, full stop. So Eddie May can go back to doing whatever Eddie May does, but Hibs had better get someone in who is driven. There's some tough games as well coming up here. They've got, uh, I think they've got uh, Aberdeen and Celtic, so a couple of really mm. important games for them. Uh, Tony's in from Chapel. Hi, Tony. Hi, how you doing? Not bad, Tony. What's your take on this Hibs business? Uh, it was just a point regarding uh, Neil Lennon scenario. It was just, I find it very sad. It's a sad, sad state of affairs for football. If a manager can again and give the guy a rocket, and if the guy's a man at oil, stand up and give his rocket back, it's happened in umpteen dressing rooms over, over the course of years that the managers had a set to with somebody. The guys ended up getting it back, and that's it. it's done and dusty. It's finished in the dressing room. But you get a guy who I heard the, the boy Eddie May talking about be professional. He's away up. He's managing director and saying, "Oh, he's shouting at me." And he's been, Let's he's just be a wee bit careful. Him. Just be slight, Tony. Tony, just be a wee yeah. bit. Tony, can you hear me? Just be a wee bit careful with the accusations if you can't back them up. So let's just. Be 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 wary of that. The gen- great the great managerial cliche where they would always tell you in any era, some players need an arm around the shoulder, some need a kick up the backside, uh, and that is true of every dressing room that Alec Ray was ever in. Yeah. Uh, it's how you do it in the twenty first century that is the important thing. I, I don't think when I started, as I say, in nineteen seventy. Jockstein was the manager of Celtic and Willie Waddle was the manager of Rangers I don't think they'd be managers now because I don't think that they could or they would have had to adapt yeah but I don't think that men of that generation could have adapted to what's going on right now in 2019 but we all have to adapt to things when I started again it was an Olivetti typewriter and a sheet of A4 paper and then one day somebody handed me a, a personal computer so you have to Personal computer Yeah a PC, a, PC, a PC to you and I yeah. So you have to uh, uh, <laughs> Over the course of 50 years You have to adapt to changes And then the next day They brought a wheelbarrow That had the Nokia yeah, in it exactly. To carry it So you know You have to learn to adapt in life And What managers in 1970 Would have got away with They will not mm. Get away with in 2019 You have to Simply understand that that is the way of the world And adapt Mm. accordingly I mean Alex, you've been in many dressing rooms recently In coaching capacities Um, Your playing career wasn't that long ago Is is, is that blanket statement true? We keep hearing this You you can't shout at players anymore Is is that true? Or or is it you just have to identify which ones you can And which ones you can't Well, I think think it it still goes on Gordon It's It's the... If it becomes personal as, as well, Hugh, I think that becomes an issue. I think generally you can tell them it's not good enough and things, and then put your point ac- across constructively. But uh, I think things are moving so much more to what people are actually kind of saying at the moment. You know, you want to be very careful. And it, mental health, and that's a, an issue at the moment as well. You know, so we don't want to go in, into that at the moment. But what I'm saying is you have to be very careful because you have to be responsible with what you're actually saying to people. Yeah, I mean, that, that is a... It's a, it's a a very valid point, Hugh. Is it, is it not? 
is it not admirable that we're striving for a society where we're just a of bit course. better to each other? Yeah, of course. Uh, you look around you. Why is that seen as weakness? Well, because some people in Scotland, and I'm confining myself to this country because this is where we live and this is where the programme's coming from. Some people in Scotland love that macho thing. You know, you're only a man if you drink 37 pints and you're only a man uh, if you take the manager outside to the touchline and thrash him to bits. They're, we live in a more sophisticated age. Management techniques are more sophisticated. But I do believe you have to cope with that. At the same time, you have to be allowed... Mm-hmm. To get across your point that this is a results-driven business, that if somebody in the team's letting you down, you're entitled to have your say. It is how you have your say, how forcefully you have your say, and that is where some managers are finding themselves in conflict with the times in which they live. I told you the game was a sideshow yesterday. We've still not spoken about it. Hibs yeah. were really. Poor. Struggling in the first half yep. um, They eventually got their act together Ollie Shaw come on, did a lot right Scored a goal um, Had the flick on for Darren McGregor's, And then Stevie Mallon um, adds a bit of gloss to that So yeah. an important win in the circumstances Because I mean You look at their position in the table You could forget everything else And say that You know On football alone Hibs aren't cutting it at the moment No you'd be looking for them to try and be further up the table Gordon they're currently in 7th um, as I said, they've got a couple of tough games coming up. Uh, it was paramount that they got that. I think it's Aberdeen and, and Celtic, isn't it? That they're actually playing Aberdeen Rangers. Sorry, so there's some difficult games uh, coming up here for them. Now, um, I think more importantly for Hibs, they need to resolve this issue. They also need to, if they decide to let Neil go, they'll have to appoint someone quickly, and then get settled back down to playing the football that they were doing earlier on in the season. Mm. Uh, do you know what On the teaser Dave McPherson Has to be one doesn't he Because he had the two spells See, At Rangers you know And I mean, the two but... spells At Hearts Yes So Yeah it has to be Because he So we'll add him on Anyway Dave McPherson I've got a couple more For you here Gordon Jury Yes Gary Bolan mm, No Stephen Presley Yes Alright we're looking For the now 12 Ex-Rangers players um, Who played for the club During nine in a row And after leaving Ibrooks Went on to play for Hearts At some stage So Derek Ferguson Stephen Presley Gordon Jury Dave McPherson You're looking for another eight uh, Right let's speak to Who have we not had Thanks to Tony Indram Chapel. Let's go to Jerry and Rutherglen Hi Jerry. How are you doing guys Okay Yes, yes. Good thanks Jerry. First time caller uh, It's just a matter in, in relation to Neil Lennon Now I do appreciate And the new, the new life, shall we say, in relation to HR. Now, maybe I can maybe make a comment that I was head of HR for a period of time for over 7,000 people. Now, what I would first say is that the relationship between the manager and the players has to be, has to, be uh, to a specific standard. However, uh, I think the person that's been missed out of all this debate and conversations as the agent. I wouldn't imagine that the player would have went to the HR and said, I've got a problem. I've been, I've been told that I'm not doing what I should be doing. Uh, but he would then go to the agent and the agent and themselves then are saying, well, if this situation continues, uh, my player might not be able to get a game, shall we say. Uh, he's sort of a pecking order maybe down because I've had this bust up. And what happens then is that the agent thinks, well, 
the value of a player is going to get down. He's, he's not going to be playing football. And therefore, my percentage of any transfer, which may occur, is also going to be affected. And I think that this may very well be the case. Now, and, and I do appreciate that it's football we're talking about. I've played football for a, a large part of my life. And I got a rollicking and you accepted it. And you then said to the manager, OK, I'll do it. If I can do it, if I can't do it, then OK, I'm going to have to move on. So what do you think of the point in relation to the agent being involved in this and all think, going to HR? No, I, I think we have to distance ourselves from uh, agents and their involvement in this particular issue because, Jerry, for one very simple reason, we could not substantiate any of that. Uh, no one out with the inner circle of Rod Petrie, Leanne Dempster, Neil Lennon, Gary Parker, no one knows what took place at Easter Road last Friday. No one knows with any certainty. And therefore, as I say, when lawyers are involved, you're treading on dangerous ground. So we can't begin to implicate an agent in this particular matter and suggest that he was looking out for his own nest, if you like. I think... I do respect your former status as a uh, head of human relations. Resources. Human resources, rather. Same thing, really. Yeah. Uh, well, in fact, it's maybe even a closer term, uh, <laughs> given the, the football dressing room aspect of it all. Um, I would love to know the full story of what took place. But Hibs have clearly taken a stance here. And they have, to my way of thinking, backed mm. the, the dressing room and not backed the manager because they have immediately taken the manager out of the equation and they have put other people in place and when the lawyers move in I think we've gone too far now for Neil Lennon to go back and we're talking now about a settlement rather than anything else Did you notice a cultural aspect to this Alex when you played because this seems it could be wrong I'm not saying this is only a British thing but it seems like a you know, we get we have old school managers in this part of the world. Um, were there ever guys who who came from overseas, who came from abroad, and it was a real eye opener to them, and they yeah. thought, "Whoa, I'm you know, <laughs> I'm not used to this type of relationship with a manager." Absolutely, yeah. When uh, we started bringing in some foreigners, because we were predominantly British. So where was this at your at Sunderland. At Sunderland? Yeah, and I think you know, mid nineties is when the the foreign influx came in, and uh, but there was guys who could not, and I mean, could not cope with Peter Reid. He <laughs> was straight to the point. Um, Industrial language In your face and, and when I mean in your face Gordon I mean a couple of inches From your face Kind of ranting and raving And uh, they just couldn't They weren't familiar With this kind of Management style And they collapsed they, 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 The amount of foreigners We signed in the 96 to about 98 99 they, A lot of them perished mm. And the ones that actually Managed to, to do okay Was the kind of Scandinavians They were very much Brought up in a bit more Tougher environments It was the kind of Spain, uh, France, that type. Italy, That's what I mean. I think it's it's important we we acknowledge you that that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with these players because they they so called couldn't handle it. But if you're not used to something, if you're not brought up that yeah. way, there's a, why, the, why why would you be comfortable you know, with it? While Alec was speaking about Peter Reid, I was trying to think of others that I have known, and the the, the difference between a romantic view of what goes on and the reality. And I'm thinking there was nothing funnier. Thinking up to Firhill, Johnny Lambie, <laughs> Big Jerry Collins, Chick Charlie. The place, uh, you know, it, it, 
It was rocking and rolling And they were successful John Lambie and Jerry Collins Made them successful The players Every Wife and strain. Every guy who was Colourful shall we say <laughs> Was at Partick Thistle They were all there Big Alan Denny yep. Chick Charnley All the lads were there And It was great But They get the place shut down now Because In 2019 That will not be accepted I read Jim Duffy's column In the newspaper this morning Now Duff Out of Mary Hill No Silver spoon No silver spoon in anyone's mouth When you're living in the barracks So He was saying It just Can't happen today And he Had been dealt with by Some of the old guard And manages to this day At Dumbarton And he knows There's a line That you have to Walk very carefully And that you cannot cross 0141-951-1025 Plenty more time for that Alex Let's just look at the teaser We're looking for 12 ex-Rangers players Who played for the club During nine in a row And after leaving Ibrooks Went on to play for Hearts At some stage Derek Ferguson Stephen Presley Gordon Jury Dave McPherson So far Neil Murray No Don't have him down Sure I'm struggling have you got there, Elgin? Yeah. You need to throw something in the mix. Goffey never ended up at Hearts at any stage, mm-hmm. did he? No. Um, I'm thinking about goalkeepers here. There's a goalkeeper in there. Neil Alexander? Mm, no, not during nine in a row. No. It's not Andy Gorham, is it? No, he went to the hip, didn't he? He's giving me the eye. I can't believe, <laughs> I can't believe some of these, honestly. Uh, you mentioned Lindsay Hamilton, didn't you? I did do, yeah. yeah. I thought Lindsay was one of them, yeah. All right, we'll get the answers next. Nicky Walker. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Win the compensation you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevens and Alex Ray have got some work to do on this full-time teaser. Sent in by Alan Wright, 12 ex-Rangers players who played during nine in a row and after leaving Ibrooks, went on to play for Hearts at some stage in their career. So, guys like Dave McPherson, Gordon Jury, Stephen Presley, Derek Ferguson, you did shout one out just as I hit the button for the, the ad break. Yes, Nicky Walker. Yes, Nicky Walker. It's always good for a bit of shortbread, big Nicky <laughs> Google. So you've got five of the 12. David Hagen. Yes. Oh, great Well shoot. done. Hugh Keevens, you are struggling with this one. I've not seen you struggle like this in months. It's too early for the. Uh, we're discussing everything here from employment <laughs> law to Johnny Lambie, and he wants 12 names as well. Chance have you got? Uh, on that subject, Vinny is on Twitter, makes a, a fair point. You were, you were talking about the guys who came over to Sunderland and, and yeah. didn't like that culture and where they came from. He says, interesting to note, the players Alex says crumbled under abuse are the players that come from the best footballing nations in the world. Maybe there's something in that 0141-951-1025 Well by the same token You could list um, Well known British players Who flopped abroad as well You know sometimes There are also Mm. cultural problems That can't be overcome Uh, What else should we be covering From the weekend Because we like to try And and get through all the results It's not always possible Because Mondays are very busy Jonathan Glenn Very impressed with the performance Glad we managed to get another win Believe it or not Hugh this is the longest Thistle have gone without losing a game in over a year. Well, four unbeaten. Yeah, four unbeaten. It's a start. You know, it, it's not uh, a transformation, but it's a start. And uh, it gives Gary Caldwell grounds for optimism. But they're away at Inverness come the weekend. Now, there's a, a big test of you. Yeah. Uh, these are the kind of places where 
and the kind of opponents who they are going to have to get uh, results against. Um, and I'm thinking of of the Premiership, we, <laughs> the Greg Stewart Derby, as it's been known. We built yeah. up his game of the day. That was a bit of a damp squib. We covered off the Chris Boyd sending off, um, and a result which, to be honest, favoured Rangers really. Yeah. You know, if you say that Celtic Rangers Kilmarnock and Aberdeen are in this, and of course they are, but there's a real setback for the two of them, Aberdeen and Kilmarnock. Uh, I've always thought that the field would thin out and it would eventually be the business of Celtic and Rangers and nobody else. And I still think that's what will happen. But when Rangers go to Aberdeen or Celtic go to Kilmarnock, these games are going to have an effect on the outcome of the championship. As I say, I honestly believe that the four of them are in it and that all will drop points between now and the end of the season. All of them. I don't believe if any Celtic supporter... Or Rangers supporter Believes They will negotiate The last 15 games Winning 45 points Then please come on And tell me I'm wrong But you won't What about the bottom St Mirren bottom yeah. On 12 points Dundee second bottom On 13 And Hamilton just above them On 14 Yeah You then go up to 27 points Where you have Motherwell Is that enough To say with uh, you know A, a real yeah. degree of certainty that it's, three. It's, it's a battle between Those three at the bottom Without a shadow of a doubt yeah. There's no way uh, These teams can actually Pick up these points Over the course uh, Of this Remaining games Gordon I have to say I was watching the Dundee highlights The amount of opportunities mm. That they did uh, Created in the game uh, Jim McIntyre And I think that's encouraging Because you can actually see Kind of signs of uh, you know, creating things and things happening a little wee bit more resolute as well. So, uh, multi teams St. Mirren, um, you know, get in, we've seen this in the last few weeks where they've went in a, you know, in a lead, but they've never been able to sustain it from set plays. The amount of goals that they continue to concede. And is, the problem is with worrying. yesterday, you talk about big moments in games. Yeah. Kyle McAllister has an open goal and a properly open goal yeah. where he just needs to roll the ball in with his right foot, but he decides to try and check onto his. Um, stronger left foot It doesn't go in Hebs go up And you know the rest Two minutes later yeah um, Well it's like kind of Defining moments within a game uh, I said a few weeks ago I thought uh, Kel McAllister would be a brilliant addition I worked with a kid He's got a lovely left foot Unfortunately you know He didn't feel confident enough Just to roll As you rightly said It was just a roll A side foot in From about 30 yards or so 2-0 uh, The Hibs crumble at that stage Which I would imagine They would have done So you know It's an important time in the match You're talking about Aberdeen Going to Hamilton Winning 3 0. Uh, Hibbs going to Paisley winning 3 1. They're not capable of doing it on their own grounds. So, what chance have they got away from home? So, it, for me, it's St. Mirren and Hamilton. One goes down automatically, the other one goes into a playoff. Um, and then, you know, you, you're mentioning Hamilton there, Hugh Keevens. Last week was probably the most stick we've ever had for Martin Canning over, yeah. over a a week you know uh-huh. on Twitter a couple on the phones as well he was probably never going to get a result at Celtic Park or, or highly unlikely never um, but he, he really needs a result soon yeah uh, you know had Celtic taken their chances and had Ryan Fulton not bailed his team out on so many occasions Celtic uh, could have won by 8 or 9 at the weekend and that's the concern for Martin and as I say in the match previous to that Aberdeen went to New Douglas Park and scored three. Yeah. How do how how do you think the next game, Gordon? Because I've got Hamilton, Dundee, the very next game. Cracker. So you know, yeah. oh. quickly on the teaser. Anything else? Any names? Right. Let's speak to Martin, who's a Hearts fan from Kirk and Tillich. Hi, Martin. Good evening, gents. How are you doing? Good, thank Hello, you. Martin. I just obviously Neil Lennon thing. It's always been 
slated like Christian Cambery, but Craig Levine done exactly the same thing last week with David Vanacek. He basically came out in public and said he was rubbish. Mm. You know what I mean? And there was, there was, you know what I mean? It's, I do feel as much as Neil Lennon's biggest fan, you know what I mean? He's, he's, he's slated a player, which I think the manager's got every right to do, same as basically like Craig Levine done. But no matter what you say about Craig Levine, he didn't, I mean, sorry about Neil Lennon, he didn't bottle against all for him. He always came out attacking, you know what I mean? He's, if you look at his record, he's, I say, I'm not the guy's biggest fan, but he's, I think he's kind of a, when it came to like big games against Stranger Celtic, he always pushed them really, really close, which Craig Levine can't do. He just seems to bottle it every time he, he comes up against them. Well, you know? you're, you're, you're saying bottle it. You know, he would he might use another expression. Um, we have oh, to be careful in terms of the language that we employ here. Uh, and, you know, Neil Lennon earlier on in the season that referred to his side as pathetic. Uh, and... That's all right for me. You can you can you can say that to the newspapers. Uh, you were they were pathetic or rubbish or another word that Craig Levine used to describe his team's performance against Dundee. Uh, but you have to be careful inside the club and how player manager relationships are conducted mm. has now become a subject of debate. Now I repeat. Nobody knows what yeah. took place and other than Leanne Dempster, Neil Lennon, and Gary Parker. And that's why you have you have to keep acknowledging that, Hugh, because it you know mm. it, you you don't know if it's one comment, you don't know if it's sustained. That's why I think consistent. That's why I think the suspension was slightly unfortunate, insofar as it it, it cast a shadow over Neil Lennon. Now, if you believe that something has happened and that you must take action, then let your action be decisive, but. This cast a shadow over Neil Lennon. I thought that was unfair. And until such times as we know what happens next, that shadow remains over the whole affair. So the sooner Hibs resolve this, uh, the better it will be for all parties. Club, Neil Lennon, Gary Parker, everyone. Final word to you, Martin. I miss it as well, obviously. It's when you look at Hearts this year, I said, obviously, we've only had some like 17, 18 points for the 23rd of October last year. To me, that just... So where we started off it, and I'm not going to beat about the bush. I mean, we started off like pretty smart and good, but a lot of their teams were never came out of the box. And once they've came up to like speed, they've steamrolled others. You know what I mean? It's just I don't know what Craig Levine knows. But he's he's first starting loving this year. And I've heard injuries. They're like Ekpezu, Naismith, Suter, and that. Which will be Suter's back now. We Naismith's back. But you look at the amount of games that we've lost when Naismith hasn't been in the team. Yeah, well, it was an important win, wasn't it, um, yeah. at the weekend? Because St. Johnson are, are have a good run of their own. Yeah. And talk about Suter coming back. How's that for a pass from your centre oh, back to set a, up the goal? Yeah, that was pinpoint, and the, the touch and finish was was a good deal, wasn't it? It mm-hmm. was absolutely a, an excellent goal. But come back to Martin's point about Hearts. Hearts have had a really troublesome time with the four key players. They're getting them back now. I would expect them to kick on a little bit. Oh. Going into the, the tail yeah. end of the season for me I think We're going to have to leave it there Hugh Keevans Because you've got so much work to do in the teaser So we're going to have to turn our attention quick We're looking for 12 ex-Rangers players Who played during 9 in a row And after leaving went on to play for Hearts At some stage You've got Nicky Walker, Derek Ferguson, Stephen Presley Gordon Jury, David Hagen, Dave McPherson Ian Ferguson No Hugh Burns Nope I think the time frame's a bit off on him Yeah I know I was just thinking about guys <laughs> that played with Hearts That's the thing Oh, we need, we need right. uh, we, we so need many things. clues. This is murder. He was on the other night, Hugh Evans, and I described him as being one of the most controversial characters in Scottish football history. He could say, 
<laughs> a lot of those <laughs> Earned himself a, a biblical nickname because of it Oh my goodness He crossed the divide Mojo Yes Right another one uh, Scored against Marseille for Rangers Ah yeah but also played for, Yes also played for Comarnik uh, he was Serbian Played for Dundee United Pet- Petrov mm-hmm. Petric Petric oh, Right I'm going to give you these two Because I don't think you'll get them Oh do skis it No Stephen Boyack oh. And David Kirkwood Kirkie And the last one Hang your heads in shame Oh he's on this programme then It's not huh. a dad uh, Fraser <laughs> Fraser Wishart Fraser Wishart Fraser Wishart So there we go Fraser, if you're listening, get them told, honestly. <laughs> He's throwing the remote He'll control. He'll not be happy. He will not be that's happy. The, that's the players' union that I go on then. Absolutely, you're out in your ear. Anyway, thank you, Hugh Evans and Alex Ray. Big thanks for all your calls and tweets. Apologies if you couldn't get through. It was busy as always, but there's always another opportunity. We're back tomorrow at six o'clock in the company of Gordon DL and Roger Hanna, and Callum Gallagher is up next. One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com.